Hey, welcome to the show. So I'm going to start off with a question. Question for all of you. Like, what is fatherhood to you? You know, you, you get with the lady, could be your wife, could not be your wife, could be someone you just met. But all of a sudden you get together with her, go a little too far, nine months later, possibility you got a kid and all of a sudden your life changes and you got to put a whole bunch of things together to try to be a father to that kid and you want to be a good one well most guys I think do so anyways I remember the first time with my first child I was extremely green had no idea what I was doing and that's what this podcast is about it's about a couple guys who have a family, a couple kids, we have some teenagers, and we're trying to f- still figure it all out, you know. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to hear some knowledge, we're going to tell you our experiences. We have a little bit of knowledge, but by no means professionals. But we also have a lot of funny stories, uh, experiences that we have through our lives as fathers on ourselves or how we raise our kids so if you're tuning in man that's awesome glad you're here glad you're listening and uh, we're going to try to figure this out together if you're a dad a new dad or maybe you're just someone who wants to hear some funny stories and listen to two guys uh, talk about their experiences uh, you're in the right place so let's get this episode started Right, all right. Love that. Anyways, I uh, want to start off first with a, an apology. It's been a couple weeks since we put out an episode. It's been very busy. December usually is a pretty busy time for Eric and I on top of being fathers and children and the responsibilities we have there. We also both have pretty demanding jobs that take a lot of our time. Man, responsibility hate it so anyways we it's the hardest thing someone asked me man what's what's it like you know doing a podcast and we're still kind of new at it but one of the things I asked him I said the hardest thing about doing a podcast is not the audio or the editing or anything else it's the time getting two guys like myself and Eric Hunes together in uh, one room with an hour or so uninterrupted time to sit down and record a podcast. And it's not easy. That's, to me, that's the most challenging part in all of this is uh, time. If we just had more time in the day, you know, uh, I think we would be able to, to do a little bit more, maybe a couple episodes and get a little bit into some more details. But, you know, we just, we do the best we can. Uh, right now, I am uh, solo. I am all by myself. Uh, Eric is pretty wrapped up, pretty busy right now with his business and Christmas parties, and he's taking his family on a cruise and doing those awesome fatherly duties. So uh, he left it up to me. So we're gonna see how this how this thing goes. You know, uh, people always complain like I like I was just doing it about time. You know, 
But time is the one thing that everybody has equally. Everyone has the same 24 hours a day. doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, you're healthy or weak. It does not matter. Everyone has the exact amount of time in a day. And it's what we do with that time that makes us really successful or not. And I'm not just saying successful like with money, but successful in our families and as fathers, you know, it, it's what we do with each hour of the day. And there's a lot of times we want some downtime. We want to chill out. We want to hang out, watch a game or watch a show and just kind of chill for a little bit. But we also got to find time for ourselves. We have to find time as dads to help ourselves out a little bit, you know, uh, going to the gym or maybe you're in a softball league or a bowling league. You got to do a little bit. You got to take care of you so you can take care of the ones that that need you the most. And that's your family. So a little bit stuff on my mind about time. But things have been good lately, these last couple of weeks. You know, uh, in the last episode, I talked about myself preparing for my very first half marathon at the Rock and Roll uh, Marathon here in Las Vegas. It was awesome. I uh, was able to, uh, I had two goals. I had two goals going into the race. My first goal was to try to finish the half marathon under two hours. My second goal was to not stop. I did not want to stop or take any rests or walk. I wanted to run the entire thing, and uh, those are my two goals. Well, I achieved one. I did not stop or take a break or rest or anything. I kept on moving the whole time, Um, but... I did not finish it under two hours. I was a little bit over two hours. And it wasn't a big deal. But uh, the one thing I did not uh, anticipate in my personal training for this marathon was uh, 35,000 runners. I I knew it was going to be a big event, but 35,000 runners, that's a lot of people on one road. And what I didn't... Uh, take in consideration uh, the different speeds of everyone. I mean, I did know that there was going to be runners faster than me and runners slower than me, but I didn't anticipate all the walkers. And I spent most of the time juking in and out of the crowd, going one way or the other to get around slower walkers or slower runners. And at first, wasn't a big deal. I actually kind of got a little uh, energy from it, you know, passing people. You know, that was always kind of cool. But come mile 10 or mile 11, the movement to get around people was just killing my legs and my hips. And it was taking a ton of energy out of me every single time I would move to the right or to the left to get around people. It was a lot. But it but. At the end of the day, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Now, to go back a little bit, the thing that got me moving, I was never a runner, never ran in high school. Um, I played baseball, but I would run in sports, but I never liked long-distance running. I only did it because I had to do it. And running was just never, never a companion of mine. And one day I came across a book called uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. 
And I got it in audiobook, which uh, I really suggest. In the audiobook version, it's not just the book, but between the chapters, David Goggins and his co-author uh, would talk, and David got into more of the stories from that chapter. So it was like the book plus more, and uh, it was it was awesome. It's it's I highly suggested an audiobook. But anyways, it was a it was an inspiring book, and it kind of got me moving and got me thinking and getting out of my comfort zone and uh, making that callous mind. And it was a a really encouraging book. Anyways, after the end of the race, after I crossed the finish line, there was about a mile of caged in area on the on the Las Vegas Strip where the runners could not get out, which was a safety thing. They didn't want the runners walking in a casino and then maybe passing out or there's something medically wrong with them. So they make us walk this about a mile to cool down. They have uh, nutritionists like snack bananas, crackers, uh, chocolate milk, and like just stuff like that for like stuff that's good for a post run. Anyways, I'm walking down that way and uh, grab some water and I'm just hanging out and I see my family across the fence or through the fence and they're going to meet me at the other end and I was excited to see them and their encouraging support you know being out there it was a lot of fun to see them but I turned and I saw David Goggins and he just finished obviously the marathon but he he was coming down the same way and I went up to him I called him by name and I said David I said man i I kind of geeked out a little bit, you know. I said, man, I'm a huge fan. I said, your book was amazing. I've heard you on podcasts. I'm just I'm just a huge, huge fan. Now, I just got done running. I mean, I'm catching my breath and kind of putting myself together, and I didn't even think to get a picture with him. But, man, it was neat to, to see him. He was super nice, really kind, shakes my hand, and uh, we go our separate ways. But my very first marathon – and it was his book that kind of started me moving and started running and got me encouraged to sign up for it. So it was cool to see him there at my very first event. So it was it was a lot of fun. I'm already planning another one. So I'm I'm looking forward to this chapter in my life of kind of enjoying running. Never thought I would. But uh but anyways, we uh uh, Thanksgiving went off really well. Uh, I actually had to work, but the family had a good Thanksgiving. Right after that, I was able to meet up with them a little bit later and and uh, still kind of enjoy some of that weekend. Um, last week, we uh, we went up with uh, some very close friends of ours to uh, to the Caliani Summit uh, to harvest our own Christmas trees. We go up there and we we look around and the forest it's not really a forest it's more high desert here in Nevada but we find some very pretty Christmas trees up there and a couple days before we got up there they got pounded with snow so it was a lot of snow um, I don't know maybe a foot deep those that are listening in winter lands are like a foot deep that's not uh, that's not being pounded with snow but for us Nevadans this desert boy that was a lot of snow a lot of snow and we managed to get our 15-passenger van stuck in the mud and the muck of the snow and everything. Everything was soft. And it was that snow that it's kind of melting off, so it was like it was like white slurpy everywhere. It was slushy. It was muddy. 
the tracks we were making going right down to the mud. So those who know what I'm talking about, man, it was kind of a mess. The kids had a blast playing in the snow, having a good time, found a beautiful tree, brought it home, had to dig out the van, and uh, it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but it was it was fun. We were all able to return home safely and got our family Christmas tree. So that brings up a little topic, memories of Christmas family traditions and memories. And uh, mine was always growing up, the thing I always remember is my own Christmas tree, or not mine, but my family's Christmas tree. My dad would go to a Christmas tree lot here in Henderson and uh, pick a tree out and bring it home and we would decorate it. But the thing I don't see anymore, and maybe some homes have them, I don't go walking in random people's homes checking out their Christmas trees, but something I don't see is those, uh, I think they're called stencils or, oh man, they're those silver stringy spaghetti looking shiny things, stencils I think they were called. Anyways thrown all over the tree, just dripping. The tree was just dripping with these silver stringy ornaments. And then we would cover our tree. There was no theme to our tree growing up. It was just every little ornament you made when you were in kindergarten or first grade or at church or at Boy Scouts, throw them all on the tree, man. And we would cover the tree with all of our different ornaments. They were different colors and sizes and shapes. And it was it was beautiful. And my dad always used, not today we have those nice little LED lights, but my dad used those big colored light. Um, I think they were regular light bulbs. <laughs> but anyways, he would wrap the tree in that so the tree would just illuminate huge. And I just remember being a young kid, dude, just being so excited for Christmas. And once that tree was in there, the house would smell like a fresh tree. And I, I knew Christmas was coming up soon. And I just... I look forward to it. Those are some of the traditions, and it's important as uh, as fathers that we create some of these traditions in our own families. We can copy the ones that maybe we had when we were kids, or uh, we can make up our own. And my dad never took us up to cut trees down on our own. No reason why he wouldn't. I just it just wasn't in our traditions, I guess. But it's something that uh, that we've always done, and. Uh, it's a little tradition in the short family, and we always share it with friends and and close ones, and and they they exclude or include us into their activities, and we we share these memories, and it's a lot of fun with the kids. It's a lot of fun to be able to do that. So it's that's kind of a tradition that we started. Um, we uh, other things I remember is like getting out. My dad would always put Christmas lights around the tree and kind of decorate Christmas decorations sure have amped up a lot we didn't have these blow up cool little characters in our front yard like we do today but it was always fun to watch my dad hang all the Christmas lights and uh, it, it just those little excitements get you ready for Christmas so that's what we're doing around the house uh, this weekend is getting ready for Christmas uh, this week has been kind of um, and I got to do a super Super big shout out to my buddies out there that are single parents. My wife has been in Dallas this entire week uh, with her sister. So I've been playing single dad all week. 
and getting kids ready for school and getting them out for school and homework and keeping up with my wife's schedule that she keeps every day and she makes it look so effortlessly effortlessly yeah that's a word and uh, she makes it look so easy and takes care of this she is definitely uh, our family's uh, operating chief here she takes she is just amazing and when I try to step in her shoes I feel like a basket case trying to catch up but I know a lot of single parents out there that do this every single day and they work hard and it gets tough it gets really tough uh, my kids have tested my patience and um, not having my spouse here to kind of vent to and to kind of have an escape but uh, it's been it's been busy so shout out to all my single parent buddies out there that are doing it Keep it up. If you're discouraged, just do something on your own and get that get that encouragement back and keep on going. Serving your kids is really important. And uh, I, I, I know it gets busy and it gets crazy out there with these little ones. They can, you love them, but you love them so much, but n- nothing drives you more crazier than your own kids sometimes. You know, it's amazing how something you love can can really push the, those limits. But anyways, uh, so it's been kind of a, a crazy week. Matter of fact, today my, my wife comes home. I go pick her up from the airport, and I look forward to that, to seeing her and, and also getting some backup. <laughs> I need it. But uh, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been good. We've been setting up Christmas lights, getting ready getting ready for the Christmas season. I did not decorate in the house. My wife has a special way that she likes to do it, so I got all the boxes down, and now she's ready to to set it up, create those own memories in our own family. But uh, but anyways, we uh, one thing we did go to is I took uh, the kids up to Boulder City here, and they have this fun little thing for the kids where they light their – this city Christmas tree, kind of a park in the middle of town, and there's this huge, huge tree there, and they decorate it all up, and the lighting ceremony, anyways, they got this this thing out, and if you check out my Instagram, you can see the video, but there's a cat, there's this, this character, and the guy dresses up in this cat costume, right, or maybe it's a girl in there, I don't know, but it... Jingle Kitty, I think that's what it's called, the Jingle Kitty, or Jingle Cat, the Jingle Cat, that's the name, and this cat's costume looks like it's from the 1950s or 1940s, it was like when Boulder City became a city, they gave them this cat costume, it is creepy, and it's old, and this cat takes this magic wand, and it has the help of obviously Santa, and some other dressed-up characters there. And she, this cat takes this wand and lights the tree. Now, I don't know what the significance is with the cat lighting the tree. But anyways, the kids liked it. It was fun. Free hot chocolate, and we hung out outside, and the cat tried to light the tree, and it didn't work the first couple times. And it uses Christmas spirit, and it waves the wand around, and boom the tree is lit. 
So if you go to Boulder City, it's right off the main, kind of the main drag down there in Boulder City. You see this huge tree right there on the corner, and that's their city tree. And it was it was fun to watch. A lot of families were up there, a lot of kids. So maybe that will be a tradition that we kind of do from here on out. Go up to Boulder City and watch that cat wave its magic wand and light the Christmas tree. But it was a good time. Uh, the kids really liked it. Kind of cheesy for me, but that's all right. That's what we do as fathers. We we do some cheesy things, and we, we do them for our kids. But anyways, looking forward to uh, some football this weekend. Ready for some games on Sunday and and Monday. Something I was thinking about, like last weekend, I don't know what it is about, and maybe it's me. Please send me a message and tell me I'm full of crap because I it, it could totally be me. But I feel like, and I don't know why, but I feel like the kickers this year, something's up with the kickers, and I don't know what it is. It seems like every game I watch, it comes down to like a kick to win the game. And they come down and they miss these field goals. And they're missing even simple field goals. These kickers are missing like right and left. Uh, I even looked up the statistics on it, and I was completely wrong. Uh, so far this year, in 2019, and I'm looking at the numbers right now, didn't want to mess this up. But in 2019, this year, for the NFL, there's been 370 extra point attempted kicks. And extra points made this year was 349. That's 94% that these kickers are making the field goals. So that's, that's, I don't know, that's pretty good. So it just feels like to me, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the games that I end up watching because I don't watch them all, but the games that I always watch, it comes down to the kicker. Last week, Alabama was, their kicker missed the field goal. And the kicker actually the next day, watching it on ESPN, the kicker releases an official apology on Twitter. The kicker released an official apology. If your team or if the game has come down to one guy, one kick, I'm sorry, it's not the kicker's fault, even if he does miss it. I know that he only has one job, and that's to kick the ball. But the rest of the team screwed the entire game up, and then now they leave it to one guy in one play right at the end. I I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe they should make it. Like I said, they only got one job out there. They just need to kick the ball. But I tell you, dude, I, I don't know. You get that far in the game, maybe you guys look in the mirror. Maybe well, what did the quarterback do? What did the running back do? I mean, someone else had to have done something else. You can't just blame the one poor guy. But anyways, it's kind of weird, but looking forward to some games. Uh, looking forward to... Uh, Seeing what's going to be happening, of course, you know me, I'm going to be talking about baseball even when it's not baseball season. But seeing what's going to happen with some of these uh, some of these players, man. I mean, uh, the offseason is like a season in itself. Seeing where some of these big players are going to go, what teams are going to pick them up, what kind of contracts are going to be out there. There's a lot of big-name players out there on, on the block that you never know. You'll, you'll, we're going to see what's going to happen. 
Yankees always set their uh, crosshairs on someone and they just go right at it by throwing them a ton of money. But it's fun. It's fun to watch the offseason and see where these players land. And then you never know what's going to happen next year, man, with these players. Some of these are game-changing pitchers. They get they put a new uniform on and they start representing that community. And then you never know. Next thing you know, like the Nationals, they're in the World Series. Cinderella team, wild card team that just dominated. Fun to watch. Can't wait, man. But yeah, um, but uh, looking forward to watching some games this uh, this weekend for sure. Uh, we got uh, uh, this weekend. Rangers are going to be here in town to play our Golden Knights, and then next Tuesday the the Blackhawks will be in town to to play the Knights. So looking forward to trying to catch as much as games as I can. Uh, we. Uh, I try my best to try to see at least the highlights or something. I try to go to a game once in a while, but, man, those are some pricey tickets. So I do what I can when I can and then just try to catch it online or watch the games that I that I can watch. I have not gone to any of the viewing parties yet. That's on my bucket list, man. I got to get out there and maybe check out a viewing party and see what that's all what's, what, what, yeah, what that's all about, man. Sometimes my words get the best of me. But anyways, uh, one thing I would love to hear is uh, some feedback from you guys or maybe some stories, stories from your own uh, Christmas adventures as a family, maybe some crazy ones. Did you guys get your car stuck or did something else crazy happen to you this Christmas? Uh, decorating or maybe some tradition that you guys do. You know, uh, love to hear about them. Uh, definitely do a shout out on the podcast if you send me a message. Um, Instagram, staying in trouble. We have our Instagram and Facebook page, and you can always email us at staying in trouble podcast at gmail.com. But hit us up, tell us how we're doing, hit that subscribe button, and uh, maybe give us five stars or maybe not. Tell us where we can be better. But anyways, uh, we're going to keep up with this. Uh, it may be slow in December. Like I said, I apologize for the last couple weeks. But January, we're going to hit back up, Eric and I. We're going to set some goals, and we're going to knock it out of the park. At least that's what we want to do. So right on, man. We will catch you later.